Clean power generation jobs in the U.S. see a 7% increase under the Biden administration. Women without bachelor's degrees are two-thirds more likely to lose jobs to technology, and 41 states sue Meta alleging harm to young users. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. The White House has placed a significant emphasis on enabling private investments into climate-friendly power generation within the United States. A statement from the Biden administration reads, For decades, the U.S. exported jobs and imported products, while other countries surpassed us in critical sectors like infrastructure, clean energy, semiconductors, and biotechnology. Thanks to President Biden's Investing in America agenda, that is changing. On the White House site called Invest.gov, anyone, including investors, can now see the private manufacturing projects for clean generation taking place across the country. The site was created for transparency with American citizens about U.S. manufacturing efforts and to allow investors the opportunity to fund desired projects. The Biden administration has stressed generating manufacturing jobs in America and jobs in the power generation sector have increased by 7% since two years ago. Around 21,000 jobs have been added to the U.S. economy through bills like the Inflation Reduction Act and the Chips and Science Act. This job growth is likely to play a significant role in Biden's re-election campaign strategy as he looks to sell his economic record, a record that has not pulled strongly among voters for the incumbent candidate. For more on the Biden administration's promotion of American clean energy manufacturing, I spoke with Dr. Josh Reedy. My name is Dr. Josh Reedy. I am the founder and CEO of North Dakota-based technology startup Thread. Josh, the Biden administration has made big commitments to climate-friendly manufacturing in the U.S. Bills like the Chips and Science Act and the Inflation Reduction Act have enabled private companies to invest $231 billion in semiconductors and electronics, $142 billion in EVs and batteries, and $133 billion in clean power like wind and solar. And employment and power generation is up roughly 7%. Have you been encouraged by the strides the Biden administration has made in promoting eco-friendly manufacturing here in the U.S.? Jackson, what I've been impressed by is the industry itself's desire to modernize. And in the case of Thread, we have worked directly with industry partners such as XL Energy from the onset. And their focus towards enabling existing workforce with better tools means that they are focused on resiliency of the grid and safety of their employees, and that is apparent in day-to-day operations and interactions with them. The White House is adding clean generation projects like solar, wind, and storage to the Invest.gov site that shows a map of investments made across the country. Do you expect this record in promoting clean energy manufacturing will be heavily featured in Biden's re-election campaign? I believe that the progression of the industry is something that is going to be noticed by all. Um, uh, The relationship that we have shows a testament to having resiliency within the grid. And that resiliency comes in many forms of which renewables are most popular now, especially by way of the Inflation Reduction Act. Yet coming from a northern climate like North Dakota, we're also um, reminded with the onset of winter that resiliency and providing heat and electricity to ratepayers consistently without fail is of equal importance. And that is where a mixture of energy sources and all of the above is what Uh, we see and we proudly support. Josh, last question. The entire Republican Party voted against enacting the IRA and other sweeping climate bills signed into law by the Biden administration. 
And it's not just Republicans who have voiced concerns. Many Democrats think these bills don't go far enough as they still promote fossil fuel projects across the country. In American politics, if everyone disagrees with what you're doing, it can sometimes actually mean that you're doing something right. Do you think that's the case here? You know, you ask a great question, Jackson, and my viewpoint and the customers that we serve, I think, are, are ardent believers in doing what's best for the ratepayers. Uh, in many ways, you can think of those uh, in parallel to constituents. And so for me, it's very encouraging to see the diversity of making that holistic picture come to fruition. Uh, this country uh, has a lot to offer for energy um, dependency of the world. In North Dakota, it's a very unique place as the, the nation's number two oil producing state, as well as a top five renewable energy state. And so for me, you know, focusing on new technologies like um, carbon sequestration is something that the state of North Dakota and its governor, Doug Burgum, have done well. But the modernization, the thinking about the resiliency and the greater picture as a whole, and not only thinking about it, but enacting that through new tools and new technologies such as Thread um, is very much where our, uh, the focus is for us as a company, but something that I see happening within the industry that's encouraging. That was Dr. Josh Reedy, founder and CEO of Thread. Josh, such a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks a lot. Hey, thank you, Jackson. Take care. Technology is coming after jobs, and particularly the jobs of women without college degrees. Two-thirds of job losses over the next decade are projected to affect work currently held by women who do not hold a bachelor's degree. This is at least according to a recent report from think tank Third Way, the team projects that roles like secretary, administrative assistant, or customer service will be disproportionately replaced by technological advancements in coming years. And these jobs are largely held by women, the majority of whom do not hold a college degree. The Bureau of Labor Statistics projects the industries which will lose the most jobs over the next 10 years. A whopping 97% of those are roles that don't require a bachelor's degree. And according to data from the National Student Clearinghouse, enrollment in college is currently declining too. Undergraduate college enrollment dropped 8% from 2019 to 2022 nationwide, with declines even after the return to in-person classes. Third-way senior economic policy advisor Kieran McSwiggan said that, quote, opportunity is really shrinking for women without a degree, unquote. But of course, projections are just projections. McSwiggan believes there are ways to improve the outlook for non-educated women in the workplace. She provides two policy solutions. First, improve the quality of lower-wage jobs that women might take. And second, Provide more opportunities for women to break into male-dominated industries. For insight into how women with middle-wage positions can counter job loss projections, I spoke with Yasmin cruz Farin. I'm Yasmin cruz Farin. I'm a general partner at Visible Hands. Yasmin, the Bureau of Labor Statistics projects which industries are set to shed the most jobs over the next decade. 97% of those jobs are roles that don't require a bachelor's degree, and just 39% of women 25 and over have a bachelor's degree today. Are you worried about the opportunities women will have in the workforce as technology makes certain roles obsolete in the next 10 years? I think it's important to talk about the future of, of how AI might impact the labor markets. And uh, yeah, I come at it from a glass half full perspective of making sure that kind of the skills that you're developing will age well. And, and then also like some of these skills, these 21st century skills around collaboration, around communication, around 
compassion around empathy. I don't think that, um, you know, some an AI bot is going to displace. So I think it's really important for, for people who are entering the workforce to think about, like, really think about their skill sets along those lines in terms of what what will age well and what is something that can be easily automated and make sure that you know being a a true specialist on some things is part of the skills that you're building yasmin third way senior economic policy advisor kira mcswiggin points to two policy solutions that could improve outlooks for women one improve the quality of the lower wage jobs that women might take and two create more paths into male-dominated sectors of the economy that are doing well. Do you think these are viable solutions? Yeah, I absolutely do, and I think it's really important from a policy standpoint to promote jobs that create livable wages and creating jobs for where women will have to either exit the workforce or have you know required benefits and family leave that create generations of, you know, children in poverty, I, I don't think that should be a, a policy pathway. I think pushing job growth and skill building and more livable wage sectors is what I would like to see policyholders, policy makers focus on. That was Yasmin cruz Farine, General Partner at Visible Hands. Thanks so much for joining the podcast, Yasmin. Thank you for having me. 41 U.S. states have filed lawsuits against Meta, claiming that the big tech company intentionally designed its products with addictive features that harm young users on Facebook and Instagram. The lawsuits filed in federal and state courts allege that Meta misled the public about the risks its platforms pose to young people and knowingly marketed its products to users under 13, which is against its policies in federal law. The states demand that Meta change product features believed to be harmful to young users. In response to the lawsuit, a Meta spokesperson said, quote, Since this investigation has begun, we have engaged in a meaningful dialogue with the Attorneys General regarding the ways Meta already works to support young people on its platforms, and how Meta is continuously working to improve young people's experiences. We're disappointed that instead of working productively with companies across the industry to create clear, age-appropriate standards for the many apps teens use, the Attorneys General have chosen this path. One case from Massachusetts alleges that Meta knowingly uses features to psychologically manipulate young people into addictive platform usage to boost revenue, and that Meta attempted to conceal these abuses. Internal Meta research highlights the negative impact social apps are having on teenagers, especially young women. 32% of teen girls say they feel worse about their bodies after using Instagram. Meta says that is addressing the issue through implementing features concerning the well-being of young users, by offering stricter parental controls. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.